It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. It is the Toys for Tots campaign out here at Richard Carr, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Unwrap Toys. Bring them out here, and the Marines will distribute those toys to children in need throughout Central Texas. Chris Hummer joining us now from 24-7 Sports. And, Chris, this is like uh, Christmas comes early for you. Uh, you've known some people that were already in the portal, and then, of course, it becomes official, and there's so many more. Uh, welcome back to the show, sir. And uh, is this uh, – are we on pace to – we seem like we break a record every year. Is this, a, is this another record-breaking pace that we're on? Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I. You said Christmas has come early. I don't know if I would. I'd go that far, but it's certainly Christmas for schools with needs in the portal. And um, yeah, we're absolutely on a record-breaking pace. Um, I think there's over um, almost 1,500 FBS players in the portal so far. Um, and last year we were just about 3,100, and there's still about 40 days left to go uh, with the transfer portal. So I expect us to smash that record. Okay, and what what's the biggest uh, trend? Is there anything kind of surprising that you've seen? We're always obviously interested in the quarterbacks. It looks like the entire MAC, uh, any starting quarterback in the MAC has entered the portal. Uh, always kind of fun to see people like Holy Cross and others, um, you know, uh, get that much attention. These players and uh, and like UNT, there was a UTSA player, edge rusher. What are the what are the trends? You're, you're really good at picking some of those things out uh, pretty quickly. In the early days, any, anything surprising you? And is the quarterback number, which is always where we put our most focus, is it about what you expected or does it even exceed what you anticipated? Um, well, I think the trends and quarterbacks are connected, and we've been trending towards schools going with transfer proven transfer arms over kids in their programs for a long time. Um, we were at over 60% power five starting quarterbacks this year were transfers. Um, and I expect that number to continue to grow. Um, I would imagine we'll be somewhere in the seventies this year. Um, we're starting to become like, especially for the quarterback position because only one can play. It's starting to look like college basketball where almost every single player on the floor has transferred at one point. It's just part of the fabric of the um, collegiate process for college basketball players. And we're starting to become, we're starting to see that, um, especially at the quarterback position. Um, in terms of larger trends outside of that, um, I think we're seeing NIL play a really major factor in this. Um, it's probably not like a national – it is a national trend. It's not like a spoken about national trend. But I think you're seeing a lot of players enter um, using the portal as leverage um, to either negotiate with their current school or leverage the portal to become a field a bigger offer. Um, and as always, we're seeing schools, unfortunately, like UTSA get picked apart. Um, you mentioned mm -hmm. the edge rusher from UTSA earlier, one of the big, best players in the American um, trending towards Texas now. Um, I guess you might stay in the system, but um, UTSA is going to have a hard time, just like every other G5 school, um, holding on to their best players because they can just get overwhelmed by Power 5 schools and Power 5 budgets. 
yeah, and it's only going to get bigger. Uh, what about Colorado and Dion? They, they, they had a lot of departures, um, both the coaches and players, by the way. But they're kind of retrenching, as you would expect Dion to do. And you got to wonder with Dion, even some of these departures, if he wasn't the one. We forget sometimes these these teams can encourage people to go in the portal from time to time. I don't know how much that was happening with Dion, but now we're starting to see people funnel into Colorado. Um, what are you seeing on that front? I saw the big offensive lineman. Um, and, uh, well, they got a commitment, actually, from him. That was a big thing from uh, IMG Academy. But in terms of what they're doing in the uh, in the portal, has Dion started to kind of uh, uh, change things around here and, 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 and get kind of an influx of players? Yeah, well, I mean, first, he cut, like, half his roster last year. There's no other way to put it. He literally yeah. just cut half the team. Um so that, that happens actively in college football, and Deion Sanders um, basically did the most drastic roster overhaul we've ever seen in the sport, at least in one offseason. Um, I expect things to be a little more stable for Colorado this offseason on that front. Um, a rule that isn't talked about much in college football is once you take a transfer as an undergraduate, you have to keep them on scholarship until they graduate. There's no pushing that player off the roster. You can't take their scholarship away. Um, so Colorado, which took 50-plus transfers this offseason, is stuck with a lot of those guys. So they're going to still take quite a few transfers. Um, offensive line is a particular focus, and today we saw them land a five-star offensive lineman and a pretty big recruiting shocker. So that's part of that um, process for Colorado. But it, I don't think you're going to see Deion Sanders sign a historic number of players in the portal this offseason just because they physically can't do that. They're going to have to be a little bit more selective. And they're going to have to go into a market for very competitive positions and compete against some of the bigger schools with bigger NIL budgets as well. So I'll be very interested to see how much that Deion Sanders kind of um, uh, veneer, shine, charm, whatever you want to use, a pull um, allows him to get kids over schools that are competing for the same uh, players with a, yeah. more to offer off the field. He is the SI Sports Person of the Year. Let's not let's not forget about that. But uh, it is Chris Hummer joining us from twenty four seven Sports and uh, does a great job. National college football writer and a portal expert. I like looking at the portal rankings. Y'all y'all basically do this on a daily basis because guys are moving around so quickly. The uh, the Aggie defensive lineman Walter Nolan goes in. And he immediately goes to the top of y'all's uh, list. It just seems like there are certain positions people are desperate for: offensive line, certainly, and the D line as well. And um, it, it's interesting. I mean, I think Elko may be doing some things, kind of like, hey, um, you know, if you're wishy-washy, y'all can hit the door. And then, of course, he'll try to bring some of his own folks in. But it, but it seems like Walter Nolan. Is a uh, is extremely coveted player uh, going on the uh, portal market. Yeah, there's just not a lot of people his size that move the way he does. Um, he's super versatile too. Um, he can play everything from zero tech to like maybe as much as seven. Um, uh, he, I guess, not zero, but anyway, he can play pretty much any position on the defensive front you want him to. Um, he's a productive pass rusher. Um, he is a first-round talent in terms of his um, height, weight, size, speed. Um, 
just general attributes. And he's plays one of the most premium positions in college football, as you said. So, yeah, he's a massive name. Um, in terms of the A&M element of that, like, I think what people forget with Jimbo Fisher is they had a really national recruiting strategy. Um, there are a lot of five stars on that roster, and a lot, the majority of them came from outside of the state. So I think you're going to see a lot of those players from the Northeast or from Florida who are on A&M's roster explore their options because there's nothing really tying them to Texas A&M long-term now that Elijah Robinson, the defensive line coach and the associate head coach under Jimbo Fisher, is at Syracuse as their defensive coordinator. So I, I think that's certainly a trend to watch. Like A&M probably has a pretty decent opportunity to hang on to the guys that are from the Lone Star State, but the guys that came from outside of it don't have a lot tying them to the program anymore. All right, and Chris, what about uh, Baylor with the new offensive coordinator, Jake Spavital? You're usually, you know, you can look at some of these coaches, what their backgrounds are, Air Raid, Sawyer Robertson already on the roster. They need to bring in another quarterback. Um, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, Blake Shapin's obviously in the portal. I've heard rumors about who might be interested in Blake Shapin. What are you, are you hearing anything on the, uh, on the Baylor front in, in terms of what they're interested in and, and what do you think, uh, because they seem to be in on several of these quarterbacks. I personally, um, I'm not going to lie. I've heard very little about Baylor's um, transfer portal quarterback interest so far. Um, I can do some digging on that. Um, I do know that Blake Shapin uh, was visited by Nebraska, uh, I think, two days ago, which shouldn't be surprising given uh, Matt Rule's history with Blake Shapin. And I think that's a real possibility. But, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's obvious that Baylor needs to add a quarterback in the portal. And I fully expect them to. I just I would be lying right now if I said I knew who that person was at this moment. Who who is the most aggressive of these Texas schools so far? I mean, and then what about like Oklahoma? Uh, how 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 down should fans be? Because it always seems like oh my gosh, they lost like five in one day. It seems like a big deal. They lost their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel. But it may just be hey, Jackson Arnold, maybe they were just up front with him and said this is probably the way we're going to go. You would have to battle for the starting job. Um, what do you what do you see in Oklahoma so far? Like, and, and do you think they'll be – I mean, I would think they'll have to be extremely active in the portal. How do you think that will all play out? Because our initial thing sometimes is to go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how many people are leaving Oklahoma but it may not be as bad as it looks at first. Where do you fall on that? Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say Oklahoma's really lost anybody. They didn't want to lose or didn't expect to lose. Um, I don't think Dylan Gabriel was ever coming back to Oklahoma this year. I think the plan was always uh, he would start in 2023 and then Jackson Arnold would take over in 2024. Uh, the question for Dylan and the expectation, I think, for Dylan was probably the NFL draft, but – Given how much money a transfer quarterback can command in this era, I can understand why Dylan went in the portal. And um, I think a place like Oregon um, would be happy to have him for 2024. But I think Oklahoma knew it needed to move on to Jackson Arnold. Um, Five-star quarterbacks aren't the most patient people in the world. Um, You want to have multiple years with them. And I think Oklahoma was fully prepared to move on to Jackson Arnold this offseason. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Oklahoma's really lost a ton that I wasn't expecting to lose at this point. 
Well, yeah, keep an eye on the Bears because they are making a massive uh, change, um, and I think they're going to double or more than double the NIL commitment. And Dave Aranda is finally seemingly uh, embracing it and not just the, hey, let's give everybody the same amount kind of thing. So we'll see how aggressive, although a lot of people are staying. And that's that's always good news, bad news. You do have talented young players, but if everybody stays, I mean, you know, it's a team that uh, obviously struggled a lot uh, last season. Well, Chris, thank you for uh, thank you for doing this. This is an extremely busy time, and I would imagine even since you jumped on with us, we've had probably five more players hit the hit the portal, and uh, and it was interesting. I was reading earlier where you were kind of talking about in your colleagues the resetting of the running back market um, and how quickly, you know, the running backs are – there are certain are – there, is there a position that gets, like, swooped up quicker than others? I'm just wondering, like, who stays out there the longest or if, if the, the running backs or DBs, is there one position that you see just gets plucked almost immediately? Is it quarterback? What, which, which things get uh, hammered on the quickest? Um, I mean, I think it's just, it's quarterbacks usually the answer um, to anything like this. Um, and it is quarterback. I think we're in high school. You see it all the time in high school recruiting. There are dominoes that fall with quarterbacks. Uh, one commitment can set off a chain of commitments because quarterbacks only have a certain number of spots they can go to a cycle. And it's very much the same thing with transfer quarterbacks. None have committed today, but we had three power five spots taken up within a, like a four hour period. Um, on Wednesday, I believe it's Wednesday. Uh, forgive me. Oh no, today is Thursday. So yes, yesterday is Wednesday. Um, and I think we're going to see several more spots taken here soon. Um, so yeah, I think quarterbacks go first, not only because of that element of it, because quarterbacks also are recruiters for you. Um, they help wide receivers stay on the roster. They can help recruit receivers. They can help recruit linemen. They can help recruit skill players in general. And then also quarterbacks take up the biggest chunk of your salary cap or your quote unquote salary cap in this era. So for schools, it's also very healthy to know exactly what you're giving to the quarterback. So you can plan for the rest of your roster as well. So I think quarterbacks will always set the market and then everything else tends to follow. All right. And uh, I like the crystal ball alerts as well. When you'll start uh, making predictions and all this and then, also, some uh, uh, you know, you follow Quinn Ewers very closely. Uh, three days ago, uh, you guys were saying Arch Manning expected to remain at Texas. Uh, I, I still think if Ewers has a great semifinal, I mean, I, I just kind of feel like he'll move on about his business if he if he plays really well. He could and ends up in the first round. I mean, is that is that the way you think it'll probably go? That Ewers, if he starts getting projected first round, he's probably gone. Um, yeah, I, I would say right now, Quinn is far more likely to return than he is to go in the draft, um, to be honest. But as you said, you never know what can happen in a playoff run. Um, there will be a ton of eyeballs on Quinn. And if he plays lights out, um, over that two game period and Texas wins the national championship, maybe he is a first round pick and he decides to leave. But I think the 2024 quarterback class or the 2025 quarterback class, um, is less top heavy. In this one, and Quinn would have the opportunity to be a top ten pick in twenty twenty five if he has a good year. Whereas this year, that's um, I think less of a guarantee. 
Uh, so from that front, I think I think Quinn is more likely to return. But I also don't expect Arch Manning to go anywhere. If you were going to see anybody in Texas quarterback room, shake loose would be Malik Murphy. All right, Chris, thank you for all the great information. We will continue to uh, monitor your Twitter and everything involved. Appreciate you being on with us. Absolutely. Anytime, Matt. Thanks so much. Chris Hummer uh, joining us from 24-7 Sports. And uh, I guess he's just getting – he wakes up in the morning and has, like, all sorts of Twitter or all sorts of portal alerts. And – it's just interesting, Aaron. I, I've always kind of wondered the portal specialists that have, have popped up across the country. Like, how do they, do they, do, I guess somebody at some point lets them have a peek uh, into, and, and 24-7 has devoted so much to the portal that I would imagine they have some sort of special peek inside to know right when somebody hits the portal. Now, meanwhile, across the country, like over at Baylor today, I guarantee you there's plenty of people assigned to just checking the portal every five minutes and just watching it all day and then alerting people, and then you have to make a quick decision on, okay, is this someone we might have an interest in? Again, uh, it was said the other day by the new Baylor offense coordinator that he didn't think they'd have to do much in the portal, uh, I hope I hope they do get somewhat aggressive, and I certainly hope they hit on one of these quarterbacks because uh, it's necessary. The competition would be good, and uh, and they need it. They need a they need a wide open competition in the spring. If Sawyer wins it, great, but um, you need to bring in somebody that can have a true competition with them, at least in my opinion. All right, we'll continue on, and uh, we have some breaking news, and we may have. A special guest that um, that just got a huge job in college football. Uh, we'll uh, we'll bring you up to date on that next. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. 